Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human scum, this is odorous from Quark. We're going to battle Fear Factory. This is George Quark, Hunter Fisher. This is Jasmine Delodrop. This is Wade from Al Lost Enemy. This is Mike Nissen, Chris Alton. He is at Wednesday 13. This is Bruce Allen. Rex from Club Devil Hill. This is Gary Bruce from Simple Tour, and you're listening to Ever Black Podcast. All right, before we go into this episode, we just need to give a shout-out to our show supporters, the brutal occult clothing brand Electric Witch, who have amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the EVERBLACK podcast through Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook, and check out all our articles at everblackmedia.com. All right, on with the show. Well, Ivor, thank you for joining us on the show tonight, man. How's everything going in your world? Pleasure being here, man. Yeah, I'm uh, enjoying Bergen. It's autumn, uh, one of my favorite uh, times of year. Um, and yeah, Corona is still uh, ravaging the cultural business. Uh, but we're starting to do a few gigs uh, in November, like 200 capacity. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah. That is really good, actually, man. Um, we're, we're doing shows here too, um, but it's nowhere near as much. We've only got like 70 cap. But, man, I'd rather play shows than no shows. That's for sure. You know, hopefully we'll get to your point very, very soon. So, absolutely. People just have to re- remember to not eat bats and don't lick each other in the face. <laughs> I know it sounds impossible, but people should give it a try. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Well, of course, uh, I'm happy to be with you tonight. Thank you. Uh, the new enslaved album Utgard comes out on October 2nd through Nuclear Blast. And this is album number 15 for you guys, uh, which is just insane in itself. That's a long journey, my friend. Uh, if anything, yeah. it's proven that you guys have grown album to album and just gotten stronger. I mean, this album is really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, we think so too. And it's, I think, you can uh, an- analyze it in all kinds of uh, directions, but it boils down to this is the sound of five guys that really wants to pull in the same direction. Mm. And we're having one hell of a good time doing it together. It's as basic as that. Mate, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. I yeah. think it's one of your best. I know it's like the thing to say, but I honestly, genuinely, like I've been spinning it at work in my headphones over the last week. And uh, Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've really absorbed it as much as I can. And I, I really love this album. Um, it feels very epic and cinematic in a lot of ways. What's the concept that, that you guys were going for behind this one? It would fit very well as a film, I think. It's Absolutely. The, the, the concept is Utgard. Um, a, yeah, not the most well-known aspect of, of Norse mythology, which is such a popular 
uh, phenomena in mainstream culture these days. Mm. Um, we've seen Asgard a lot. You know, that's where Thor, Odin, and, uh, and the other gods live. This, the world of the gods, outside of Asgard, is the land of the unknown. You know, the uh, uh, land of the giants, which are the primeval first beings in Norse mythology. They're chaotic. Um, the, the Christians like to portray, portray them as some kind of parallel to demons, but that's not right at all, of course. Like most other things that Christ, Christian Christianity is built upon, it's, uh, it's totally missing the mark. It's, they are chaotic and unorganized in a sense uh, because they're, they're originating from a time predating any sort of natural order. Uh, and that's what makes them powerful uh, and, and dangerous for the gods. They are not, not possible to control. They're not possible to man manipulate, uh, but they do have a lot of magical abilities and weapons and so on. So in the mythology, you see lots of evidence, lots of stories about how the gods are sneaking their way into Utgard to achieve something. We were dealing with this a particular um, thing from mythology on the last album, E, that it comes to a point where there's a lot of fear of the giants sort of storming uh, Asgard, um, that there might be some, yeah, some wish from their side to do that, to sort of uh, mess up the power balance. And that's when they build a giant wall around Asgard. And uh, so that, that's sort of the, the ending point of, of the last album. And the beginning point of this one is looking, as you see on the cover, looking out from Asgard, out towards Utgard. Um, and that's where the album begins. It's a journey through Utgard, the unknown lands. Um, and, uh, and, and how that sort of a willful journey into something that's potentially dang dangerous um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's reflections around that, you know, the, the will to sacrifice, uh, to explore and expand in a sense. Somewhere I don't feel like we've been, especially as you mentioned before in, you know, uh, popular culture at the moment, it's somewhere we haven't been before. We haven't been shown that part of that world. And I, I love how you guys have, have painted that picture and, and taken us on that journey, especially the, the actual title track, Utgard. Have I said that right? Australians butcher everything. I'm so sorry. Um, did I say that right? Utgard? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. how we would say Ut, Utgard. The, Utgard. The U is it's varying a little bit away from, but uh, you, you got it. Well, uh, I, the title track itself, I, I do love. Um, it's it's just a, a spoken word sample that I, I don't understand it, but it it paints that picture. What, what's what's that? Can you explain that that sample that that spoken word? Yeah, it's that we. It was just something that I wanted to convey the whole sort of message through a simple poem uh, on, on that one. So. It, it talks about, it begins with, uh, man is born from darkness. Um, and how, and then, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but it's about, we're born from darkness, but we 
And we know, but we're trying to escape the fact. We don't want to be born out of darkness mm. because we've lost our understanding of what it is. Um, and by willfully, willfully going um, back into that darkness and letting yourself be born again, sort of out of it, uh, you can then have a new look on the world but now knowing both darkness and light, you will see what the world is, how it truly is. And, and that's basically the poem and then Gretel is reciting it in a uh, pretty much a dead dialect where his great, great grandfather, uh, how he was speaking, his me yeah. memories of that. Gretel is a bit of a language nerd. So he had, he had remembered all of those specific pronunciations it was uh, it was really a special moment when he was reading that we were just standing there after listening in, 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 in the room next door and listening to it and then uh, like what's happening now <laughs> it's awesome so powerful so powerful mm. i love it like and, and it really helps tell that story and take you on that journey like and and the yeah the, the single man homebound man that song hits me right in the feels every time it comes on it's just it's super super powerful i mean did you yes. know it was going to be like that when you wrote it you must have meant like it's so strong and i was feeling this is something special definitely uh, but i never know is this special is this like for me special or is this for people who's not me special also luckily it it intersects a lot of times but um but, but I'm, I have to sort of keep that out of my head. That is very important because once you, and it sounds, you know, almost childish, but you have to pay attention to it all the time that you don't let that kind of thinking into your head because the minute you do, it's sort of, they, uh, they spread like, you know, ideas and thoughts spread like viruses within yourself also, not only in, 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 um, in cultures and society. Um, once you started thinking like that, like, hmm, should I, um, and it's, it's, it's probably going to be liked by a certain demographic, you know, all the Germans in their denim vests and all of this, uh, and they represent a fantastic uh, market portion. Let's try and do more of that. The minute you do that, you're fucked because then it's too late almost, yeah. you know, it's, um, because your your unconscious and sort of your re reflexes is going to start thinking that it's acceptable to to make music in that sense. I'm not saying that music that is popular for millions and millions of people necessarily is is bad. It very seldom is, but the minute it was, you have to think about the time it was made. Yes. It was made, even though it's Bruce Springsteen or some of the stuff you hear on the radio is obviously not music. That's, it's just crap, but it's, um, and pe pe some people want crap, but popular stuff that I don't really understand myself, I can still hear that. It's, it's a point to it. You know, they probably had a tear in their eye while writing it, even though it makes me laugh. You can recognize that. And, and then it sells a lot. And it's the same for underground bands, big bands, as long as it's heartfelt. Yes. Uh, the rest is just up to, you know, fashion and, and stuff like that. It's got a lot of heart, man. Like, yeah. it just, I, 
that that chorus and the way it just the changes like it's probably one of the best songs I've heard this year. Like I've I've heard it on repeat. Yeah, man, you guys have like nailed it. And there's so many other gems on this album too. Like I don't know, I don't want to even spoil it. But when this album comes out, like it's it's really really strong. And uh, of course, I mean, you know, uh, you worked with uh, Jens Bogren again at Fascination Street Ooh, Studios. Yeah. Now that dude to me is like one of the best in the world. Like, uh, how do you find working with him? And you've done that a few times, you know, how's it, uh, you know, going through that process with him now after you've got that, um, rapport. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun working with Jens. We, the more we um, get to know him, the, the cooler it is, you know, he's, um, he's extremely professional. Um, and he's exactly what is, is needed. Uh, what's this play? We are very, Sort of coming from a DIY background, um, we having our own studios. We record it ourselves. You know, the, the production team is from within the band and so on. So, I think um, I'm really glad that we made that decision. We need to have one outside element that yes. we take all this stuff and the weird ideas uh, that we have. Because sometimes we just want to do weird stuff, and, and this allows us to do that. Like on the last album, we spent uh, an entire day out in the field finding like old uh, scrap metal and, and, and hitting it with where various other scrap metal and wood and different textures and recording that and trying to use that within the songs. If we were governing that process of mixing it too, I think it would stuff would become just, you know how it is. At, at some yep. point, it crosses the boundary from experimental art to just good old climbing up your own asshole, which is not <laughs> entertaining to listen to for people. So to have that outside, he's saying like, guys, this is just weird for the sake of weird. I'm just going to remove it. Uh, I'll give it th- three seconds to protest. And no, when he says that, there'll be like three, two, one, nobody says anything. We're like, uh, you're probably right. Thank you. So he structures it and, and sort of pulls in the reins and makes all these various elements go together in one direction. Um, and as we get to know him, um, and 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 he knows us, the the work is goes smoother, and then we get more time to get to know each other on a personal basis. And it turns out that the guy has an absolutely ridiculous sense of humor, um, yeah. which is very compatible with Enslaved. It's important, but he's also a very important. And you guys are a exactly like, I, I think it's a really good working relationship there. That's that's for sure. And you got a new drummer. I mean, well, kind of new. Technically, yeah, been with you guys for a while, but I, I have a, I have a, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just to, to be sure we have the same name. Just I have an A and he has an E at the end, of course. <laughs> so we, even at rehearsal, it's all fucked up <laughs> because, like, my dialect uh, pronounces both names the same. So there's a lot of confusion there. Um, when we go to the, to the U.S., for instance, we, we just give up uh, and we call him, we'd say like, just give him some kind of French name and, and make mine sound more Russian and then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's been with us for the longest time, man. He's the sixth, sixth enslaved member he, he was until the moment that he became the fifth. Um, fantastic um, guy. We, he's a legend here in Bergen. His, his band... Um, as it's, it's very good a local one that's playing more of a desert rock kind of thing um he's played in a bunch of cover bands he's a session drummer and then he started working as a studio engineer and producer um 
and we started working with him there in 2010. But as early as 2006, he was doing stand-in work for Kato, the old drummer. When he came out to go to the Atlantic to fish some kind of weird uh, tuna that would appear there for 24 hours, making him missing a show, then Eva would step in and, and play the show. So he was kind of, he was in the fold already. He was, we had our list for when Kato say, said, I'm going to retire, guys. Then like, okay, our list is this. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. It's just one name, Eva. Uh, we said, like, no pressure, Eva, but either you join or we're going to put the ban on ice. Uh, no, so like, <laughs> no pressure at all. Like, yeah. And we're going to tell people that you're to blame for enslaved <laughs> dissolving after 28. So you have a think about it. <laughs> In 10, 9, oh, well. Exactly. Right up. Yeah. But, uh, he's, got some, he's got vocal chops as well, that guy. Tell you. We, we knew that he, we had, but we didn't want to pressure him. We wanted him to find his role on his own in the band. Uh, so he was a drummer and we said, go ahead, man. There's vast spaces. Grutle loves to work. That's one of the things that he was missing while working with, uh, with Halbron. Halbron, great singer, great guy, but he really preferred to work on his own with sort of his vocals. So they would just have a conversation saying, like, I'm going to do on this part, you do on that. And then it worked. And Habon would even record it in his own studio. And then Gutler would go to Eva. So once Eva came in the band, Gutler finally had like his other half that they could work out the vocals together. And, and, and uh, it's amazing just for, for the, the other, us other guys watching them, like how these fantastic singers, how they have like absolutely, there's absolutely no ego involved. It's, it's all about getting the best vocals. Mm. Um, they don't even consider for a minute, does this mean like I'm going to be in the spotlight for that song? I want to sing on that song. It's just, they'll be saying like, you should sing this as often as saying I should sing this. And sometimes they'd even go like, Hawkman should sing this because now we have three guys. So it's, uh, it's a bit of, um, we could even start a Viking barbershop <laughs> band at some point. <laughs> that's a good idea. I don't think that's been done. Side project. I think it'll get a shot pretty quickly, but it will be fun for a few seconds. <laughs> well, uh, my my beard is nowhere near as powerful, so yeah, I know, I know, my beard's real sad, but uh, you know, it'll Drink get there one bear, day. <laughs> but uh, of course, I mean, you've been doing some uh, live streaming gigs this year too, which has been pretty damn successful for you guys. Uh, how's that been? Getting used to that? Has that been? Because I, I, I could imagine it being pretty strange to begin with. Yeah, it was really strange for five minutes in the first show that we did on first April 1st. And then this sort of calm. It was almost, uh, yeah, it was almost a uh, metaphysical experience, I, I would say. That everybody had this feeling around the same time and in the, in the same place in the first song, going from sort of utter alienness sort of a calm and feeling like hey, this is fucking awesome we're now we don't know 
how many people is watching it. We found out later there was a bunch of people watching it, but got that feeling of we are able to send good quality pictures, excellent sound, and people are watching it and they're reacting to it. So it doesn't really matter if they're not here. Uh, it would be cooler if they were there, but at, the upside was also that we're reaching all of these people in various places at the same time, which also added a bit of an element to it. And, uh, and the feedback that we got in, in the aftermath has just been amazing. People started now with the second stream, uh, the beyond, below the lights one. People started sending in photos of like how they watched the gig. Um, we got some vi a video on, on the Facebook page of a bunch of guys barbecuing, I guess, in the U.S. <laughs> because it's like in the morning there uh, with a big, big old television screen in the garden, a big stereo, and they're all like half semi-drunk, stumbling around watching this, headbanging a bit. That's so good. Then you have these other, like the Germans with their perfectly set up hi-fis. You can see that the guy's spending time finding the stereo spot. Um, uh, it's all kinds of uh, things. People drunk with their tables full of bottles, and you know, other places would be like a guy with a teacup. Uh, so it's it's been it's been really a fantastic way to to connect even deeper. Uh, ironically, we've we, we've I think we've reached our fans and our listeners even deeper this this year. That's incredible. Hey, you know what it reminds me of? I know it's a it's a bit weird, but you know you know in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Like right at I the know end, the film, yeah. Where right at the end and they play that show, there's like the battle yeah. of the bands and then it's televised everywhere around the world and it cuts to different scenes as like people in England and kind of yeah. reminds me of that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just on a bit of a Bill and Ted kick at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because Mastodon is doing part of the next soundtrack. That's true. The movie big... is good. The new one is good. Mm. I, I highly recommend it. So uh, only like the Bill and Ted demo, of course, being an underground guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know this. Uh, this was oh, I've lost my track. Where where was I? I had all my notes here. Uh, it's pretty late here, but uh, you know, I of course, I mean, you and uh, Grula have, have been doing this since you guys were like thirteen, and it, it's such an incredible journey that you guys have have been on. Do you remember what the first songs were like that you wrote together? Yeah. yeah we, we play actually the two first songs that were written for us that we still have, uh, play um, quite a lot. Mm. One of them, Alpha the Odin, is sort of a song that we, I think we include in 90% of our live sets. That's so the past is alive, man. Because <laughs> you know what it's like where, I don't know, when you're first starting out, play music, you know, the first few songs, you know, don't necessarily make it. But it's interesting to me that the songs that you guys wrote to begin with are still going strong. Yeah, it's because, you know, we like them. And of course they have what you can't even call them imperfections. It's just, it's done with the, with the framework that was then, you know. That's, that's how we were thinking back at the time, or not thinking rather. And I was using that as an inspiration today too. It was a big inspiration for writing this album to try and find back to that sort of instinctive, you know, not find a way back because it's, I'm still trying to write music like that, but really uh, focusing on the enthusiasm of, of the project and of the band 
of just being able to do that and, and sort of lock the world out and not having thoughts about compositorial or musical theater, theoretical this and that. It's just like, um, yeah, being, uh, turning yourself and your, your, um, your experience as a music listener into a measuring tool for the music that you're, you're riffing, you're making, and sort of like, how does this make me feel? And how is, gonna, how is this gonna, this song gonna be the end? Uh, what kind of atmosphere can we build here? Um, and, and, and that's all that matters. That feel. Mm, that, exactly. That connection, man, absolutely. And you guys do it so well. And talking about before, we mentioned about um, how the new album especially is very cinematic. You guys write mm. stuff that reminds me of soundtracks. Have you guys been hit up to work on on music for film and TV and stuff like that? Not yet, uh, not yet. It's a um, it's a crazy market, I know uh, for sure. I have a little bit of insight into it uh, as I work also w- with management for for other artists, and it's um, it's a race, man. So I think some bands, there's a few bands like Sigurus from Iceland, stuff like that, end up as because of the Vikings series. Uh, but there's so many people working just with that, that for a band to try and get into that would be uh, next to impossible. So, but we're still waiting for the, still waiting for David Lynch to pick up the phones and yeah. say like, hey guys, my next, next big 10 movie adventure is going to be all in Slave soundtrack. I'd be so down for that. That's a good call. It'd be, it'd be or, different. Good I really like, uh, maybe they could do uh, Uncle Buck with uh, <laughs> Tom Candy. Like do a remake of the soundtrack and put Enslaved on all of it. That would be great. That would turn it, man, that would make it so dark. Exactly. You know that bit where he's got the axe and he's intimidating yes. that dude? That would be great. Oh, fucking brutal. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one thing I was going to ask you guys about was, uh, you know, the Norse mythology and the culture seems to be really recognized everywhere in the mainstream media right now. You know, you've, especially over the last 10 years, you know, you like Vikings and you've got the Marvel Thor movies and, and uh, you know, bands like yourselves and Amon Amarth and stuff like that. What's your thoughts on it being um, the interpretations of, of that culture and stuff? Do you think it's being done correctly? It depends on what, what you mean with correctly, because one thing is historically correct, right? Um, and, and, and that's not necessarily uh, that important um, because, you know, it's entertainment and all that stuff. So it doesn't have to be uh, like in Vikings. Let's use Vikings as an example. I, my very good friend, uh, Anna from Valdruna, has made the soundtrack. So I've discussed quite a bit with him. Um, like it doesn't really matter if they get the places right because they for their story they want the guy to move along the coast right mm-hmm. so he's maybe a scene would be better off if he's coming in with the ship and in real life it happened uh, in a, a part of the country where there's no coastline so and then people get aggravated about that that doesn't matter I think but what does bother me is like this constant sort of um, twisting of who they were in a sense you know their nature because that has a lot to do with the philosophy and the way that they're portrayed as these sort of like uh, yes it was violent times but they were portrayed a lot like bums you know 
They look like fucking. They look like goths who has been like uh, on MDMA for fourteen <laughs> days on a in like in a muddy site. It's like with they look like crap. Uh, but and then you know like the real the 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 actual story with the Vikings like they they were so vain man it was insane yeah. they were they were dying um, dying their um, uh, what do you call it the, the the fabrics so flashy colors was a big thing black would be something you wore when you were on your way to murder someone so I guess if they met a bunch of metal people they would get quite concerned I think. So they would wear all these uh, flashy colors, uh, braidings of hair and beard, uh, jewelry, sort of a, yeah, a crossover between, I would say, uh, they would look like a crossover between power metal people and hip hoppers or something, <laughs> big ne- necklaces and all that stuff. Um, and, and that was significant for the culture. They had a very big emphasis on uh, hygiene and so on. That was, pre- it was pretty early on. Um, and, and I think it sort of, I think it's great that the ideas are being spread and it gives people a choice to get interested and read about it. And maybe, you know, they pick up some of the ideas, which I think is, that's the good thing about it. I don't want, I don't want to go back to the Viking Age. No fucking way, man. Can you just imagine the, the, the amount of toothache those people would have had? Oh. There's no dentists. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no matter they go berserk because the, all their teeth are fucking hurting. So I wouldn't go that way, but I would love to take some of those ideas and the way that they regarded nature, yes. uh, society, each other, honor, and at least, but last but not least, like a society where there was actually other values than money that would count would be, just sounds fantastic. So I would like to bring those ideas into the now with all the good stuff we have now. And then it annoys me that they, that the, the, the mainstream culture, that they just decide on how they want to use it as a, as a prop, sort of, you know. Uh, and that's sort of when they do downplay their humanity, in a sense, and just portray them as sort of, a, yeah, these dirty festival goers. Um, <laughs> they sort of, then they take away sort of the potential. People don't want to, they don't want to think that, these, that they had actual philosophical um, yes. value, you know, when I can't even stay clean. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Absolutely. Like they were just uh, savages. You know what I mean? Mm, exactly. You know, and there's, there's a lot more to it. That's, that's why I thought I'd ask you your, your opinion on that, because it's something that's been coming up uh, of late mm. uh, between people I know. But uh, dude, that's yeah. I pr- appreciate you going into that. Um, what's next for Enslaved? Of course, you mentioned about the uh, two hundred cap gig, but uh, you got plans with this album and more streaming, more cool shit. We're doing one more uh, stream on uh, October first, which is going to be like a hybrid, half half with live music and then also interaction behind the scenes, blah blah blah. Um, and then, you know, we got a bunch of stuff lined up for next year, but like everybody else, we have plan A, we have plan B. Um, and that we, if it doesn't open, then we're going to still going to rock, rock the ether, if, if you can say that, or the fiber optic lines, I guess, <laughs> uh, play more shows online. If we're allowed to play them live, we'll do that. The rule is the one thing for certain we will keep playing. And uh, just dig a hole 
all the way down here to Australia and come play some shows. Exactly. I think we left it open from the last time in 2018, so we just have to check that. It's still working. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to – I'll tell you what. You you, you follow that tunnel down. I'll leave some some of these tinnies, some beers. Ah, perfect. Little trap. So you you can escape, and then you can come down, and you have to. You have to play. We're ready. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, of course, the new enslaved album Woodguard comes out on October 2nd through Nuclear Blast. You and the boys stay safe over there and uh, all the best with the rest of the year. And uh, thank you for taking the time, dude. Likewise, my friend. Thank you so much for the interview. Nice seeing you. Take it care, man. Been. Take care, bro. Stay, stay away from the Fosters. Yeah, yeah I like, that's exactly right. Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500.